This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review speaking with Cody Davis of, let me see, man, Locked On Texans, Believe in the Rockets <laughs> podcast. Uh, what other hats? How many other hats do you, are you wearing? Are you still working for the Sabercats? Yeah, still working as a game day director for the Houston Sabercats. And of course, you know, covering the Houston Rockets for SB Nation as like their inside reporter. <laughs> Good to see you, man. I mean, we just touched on before we got started. I haven't seen you face. I haven't seen you in a in a year. So I know. I know, right? I think the last time I saw you personally was when um the University of Houston had to turn their bus back around um when yeah. it was on their way to Fourth Worth. I think that was the last day I think I saw anybody really. Yeah. So that's right around March eleventh, twenty twenty. So yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. March eleventh, March twelfth. So yeah, how you been, man? I've been good, man. Been good. You know, just trying to keep this dream alive, just continuing trying to hustle, um, covering the Rockets, covering the Texans, trying to get back on covering um University of Houston. Of course, I was able to follow them as they made their way to the final four. I was rooting for them all the way. I was I was kind of disappointed I couldn't cover them this year, but hopefully I get back on that beat as well. And let's touch touch on that right there. How how did COVID and the lockdown, shutdown, whatever you want to call it. How did it impact your business? Well, first, did it impact you personally? Any health issues, anything like that? And then get into the business impact of it. Oh, uh, well, first and foremost, by the grace of God, you know, it didn't affect me or anybody in my family. Um, I had a couple family members. And a couple friends who actually tested positive for COVID, um, but they only had mild sy- 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 symptoms. Um, nobody, you know, was rushed to the hospital, anything like that. Um, you know, other than that, everybody just been safe. Not everybody's just getting vaccinated. Um, I'm actually going to get vaccinated in the next couple of weeks myself uh, whenever my schedule will get a little bit freed up. Um, but, you know, as for me personally, you know, affecting my business, um, I, I had to be furloughed from the Houston Sabercast for the time being. And after that, um, you know, just continuing trying to take advantage of, you know, getting the virtual credentials. You know, everybody is used to, you know, having the in-person credentials and Chris, you know, my first year around the Houston Texans uh, was that 2019-20 season. I was just starting to learn how to create those relationships, just now starting to learn how to, um, you know, create relationship with the players going in, going inside the locker rooms, whether that be with the Rockies, whether that be with the University of Houston. Um, but then, of course, you know, when COVID happens, everything got put on pause and we started doing Zoom calls. So, you know, it affected me in that aspect. You know, I couldn't have that. I did not have an opportunity to continue learning how to make those in-person connections. However, you know, I was still just blessed and thankful that I was able to be on those Zoom calls. You know, I know a lot of people, you know, would have loved to be on those Zoom calls every single game, especially for the Houston Rockets side of things, even though a lot of those Zoom calls was depressing, especially this past season. But, you know, just just trying to take advantage of any opportunity that came my way. Yeah, that's the the Zoom and the virtual was, was good and bad for a lot mm-hmm. of us in media because we were able to attend, cover more teams. I know, especially on the road, because when the Rockets were on the road in previous years, we didn't have access to the locker rooms. We couldn't, you know, talk to the Rockets post game things like that for road games. So yeah, that was a help. But a negative was home games. We couldn't be in the locker rooms. You know, we couldn't talk off the record with with players, coaches. We couldn't talk to stuff with with other friends in 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 the business, so <laughs> it was good and bad about that. Well, let's talk about Stephen Silas, 
taking over the job. When he was hired, he had James Harden and Russ on his team. And then November, December, <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> so what were your impressions of Russ leaving and James leaving? Well, I, I looked at it a little bit twofold. You know, first and foremost, with well, first of all, let me say this. I wasn't surprised that we got to the point that James Harden wanted out of Houston because, to me, the writing was on the wall when the Rockets lost Game 7 in 2018 to the Golden State Warriors. We all know the story. Um, Chris Paul get hurt. Um, Chris Paul get hurt, and the Rockets missed 27 three-pointers. At that very moment, I knew the writing was on the wall for James Harden's career as a Houston Rocket because – to me, I always look at sports. I, I look at it in a sense of every time a team gets so close to finally winning that championship and they fall short by something very devastating, nine times out of 10, that team does not come back. I mean, we could just go back a couple of years ago. We take a look at the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they was on the verge of making the Super Bowl, and then they had that no pass interference call, and the Saints never got over that. They haven't come close to that yet. Uh, we could go back a little bit farther. You take a look at the Atlanta Falcons. They was up 28-3 to in the third quarter in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady went in full goat mode and that team has never bounced back from that. As a matter of fact, I don't, I could be mistaken, but I don't think that team made the playoffs since they blew that Super Bowl. And, you know, we could take it back even further. You look at the Sacramento and they could never get over the hump. And that's the same direction I saw the Houston Rockets going. Now, on the flip side of that, unlike the Saints, unlike the Falcons, unlike the Sacramento Kings, they had something that those teams did, and that was a guy in a in the middle of the prime of his career, and that was James Harden. And at that moment, I knew this could be the beginning of the end. We all know the following year they lost to Golden State without Kevin Durant. And the trade for Russell Westbrook to me always seemed like a, this is the final straw. This is the final curtain call to try to win something in the city of Houston with James Harden. And we all know, once again, that team came up short and the body language James Harden showed after they was eliminated by the Los Angeles Lakers last year, let me know that nine times out of 10, this man was not going to be a part of this organization moving forward. And all the, all the things that I kind of speculated ended up being true. The Russell Westbrook side of things. I'm not going to say I was happy he left, but you know, he was only here for one year and it always seemed like, to me at least, that Houston was always just going to be a quick pip stop for him because I kind of figured James Harden wasn't going to be here at least within the next two seasons. And, of course, that ended up being the next couple of months. But as for the James Harden side of things, you know, I wasn't I wasn't upset that he left. Of course, I was upset by the way he left, you know, the night on that Zoom call. Chris, you was there when he told us that this team wasn't that good and the situation cannot be fixed and he just left. Um I was a little bit, but I wasn't upset because he left because I know at the end of the day, this is a guy who wanted to win. And, you know, one thing I would give James Harden, regardless if you're upset about how he left or just upset by the fact that he's no longer representing the Houston Rockets, one thing you can never take away from James Harden is the fact that this is a guy from the very first moment he put on that Houston Rockets jersey, he gave this organization and this city his all. 
Um, the only thing I wish when talking about the departure of James Harden, I just wish the Rockets would have granted his trade request. And Chris, let me just say this. Every time an athlete, a superstar athlete demands a trade out of their current current situation, and it's to the point where you know it cannot be fixed, that organization needs to depart from that player. Because first and foremost, as soon as they make it known that they want out of their current situation, nine times out of 10, that is when you're going to get your biggest trade package because you're going to have so many teams trying to get their hand on that asset. However, with the Houston Rockets side of things, and it's funny that I'm talking about this because I'm looking at the Houston Texans made the same exact mistake that the Houston Rockets made by holding on to a superstar who wants out. By holding on to them, you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to look up and say, we have to get rid of this guy because he said this to the media, because he did this on the court. And I think we can all agree after those first three games of the season where James Harden basically um James Harden literally basically just tricked all of us just he played really good just to boost up his, his trade value again he kind of quit on the team and we saw those last two games that the Rockets lost with him going up against Los Angeles Lakers it kind of put the Rockets in a position where they had no choice but to trade him and that's how you end up getting a trade package like they got for the departure of James Harden and you know I could go back in in history and see there's only a couple times where an all-star or a future Hall of Famer wanted out of their situation and it worked, i.e. I'm pretty sure you you know about this when Akeem Olajuwon wanted out of Houston and they held on to him. That worked out. Of course, my boy Kobe Bryant wanted out of Los Angeles twice and it worked out for him. But nine times out of ten, it always put the organization in a position where they are forced to move on from him quickly accepting a deal where it's like "Mm, if you could have moved on from it earlier not only would you have gotten a better deal but that possibly would have saved the Rockets season where they would not have been the worst team in the league ending the year with a 17 and 55 record if anything they probably would have been in a position to be at least in a play-in tournament what are your thoughts on what deal do you think they should have made it, it it's hard to say um because i know a lot of people always talked about oh you should have traded him you should have swallowed your pride and traded him to philadelphia and we could have had ben simmons you know i agree with that to a certain extent however i'm not big on ben simmons to be honest with you um i i just can't believe that he's he's a nba player who cannot shoot beyond five feet away from the basket plus when you take a look at steven solace's system which is let's be real a little bit similar to mike d'antoni's um it's an offense that heavy heavily relies on three-point basket three-point shooting um i don't think ben simmons would have would have fit um on the flip side of things, me personally, I kind of wish that there was a way they could have traded him to Denver because I am a believer in Michael Porter Jr. And, and I think getting a young talent like that would have been a phenomenal move for the Rockets. But at the end of the day, Chris, it's just one of those situations where unless they could have went back in time and got 1991 Michael Jordan, 2006 Kobe Bryant or 2013 um, LeBron James, let's say 1984 Magic Johnson or Larry Bird, nine times out of 10, they was going to lose the deals. And, and, and that's what happened. So 
it, it's hard to say because you, you cannot match the value or come close to a James Harden, especially in the midst of his prom. But if I had to pick, I would say I wish they caught, they would have traded him to the Nuggets and would have got back Michael Porter Jr. in return, who I do believe would have been a pretty good fit in Steven Silas's system. Would you have been okay with them doing the uh, Karis Levert, keeping him instead of trading uh, Karis for Victor Oladipo? That one I'm a little bit twofold on as well because with the with, with that trade, and I think this is probably part of the reason why they actually end up flipping him for Oladipo. Careless Lavert is a good player. He's a really good solid, solid player, um, but he isn't a guy that's going to improve your franchise. Once again, I think if anything. The ceiling of this team, if they would have stayed healthy, I could see them just still being a team that was going to be fighting for a spot to be in a playing tournament. And not only that, with that trade, a lot of people, you still had Jaron Allen. And Jaron Allen is up for a contract extension. And I'm pretty sure when you when you take a look at what the Houston Rockets did, I'm pretty sure they was not willing to give Allen the mass contract because he he would be worth a mass contract for his value. And that means you you would be possibly in no man's land if they would have kept Careless Levert and of course Jerry Allen as well. And you know, you flipped him for Victor Oladipo. I'm not gonna lie. I was actually kind of happy that that happened because I've always been a fan of Oladipo's game. However, I was not aware of how much injuries had derailed his career and not only that um after those first couple of games you know I started to get the sense that he really didn't want to be here so once again it's 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 a twofold answer yes because I mean you are still getting up you you would still end up with a solid piece back in the James Harden deal however I I'm not too sure if Carolis Levert would have changed the fortune of a of the Houston Rockets after James Harden how do you think, how would you grade the job Rafael Stone did in the Harden deal? Or just take it how you want to take it. Take it from the Harden and Russ deals or the acquisitions of getting um, KPJ, Deshaun Tate, the younger players. You know, how do, how, how's he done in your opinion? If I, if I had to grade his, you know, first year as a general manager, I would give him a B, a B plus. You know, we we could go back and forth and say the Rockets lost the trade of James Harden, even though I do believe it's it's going to be an extremely long time before we say the Rockets um, dropped the ball on the James Harden deal or not because they got back so many draft picks. And, you know, I kind of have a feeling that, I, w- I would not be surprised if Raphael Stone flipped those draft picks for a disgruntled superstar who might be coming up in the future. And not only that, um, so, so with that being said, it's, it's kind of it, – it's going to take a long time before we can say the Rockets did good or did bad in the James Harden deal. However, on the flip side of things, when you take a look at the players that this man has found, I mean, Christian Wood, um, Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, those three players that I just named are the Rockets' future. Those are the three guys that have already laid a foundation to the Houston Rockets for a build. And 
you know, when you take a look at a team, you know, I, I'm not comparing none of these guys to Golden State, but it's sort of similar to the route Golden State took to build their championship team. You know, they took a risk on um, Steph on Steph Curry, of course. I don't think none of these guys are going to turn into Steph Curry, but, you know, when Curry first came in the league, those first couple of years, he looked like he was going to do it. It looked like those ankles was going to take him out. And yeah. then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you, you know, they, they took a chance on giving him that contract extension, I believe, after his third year. And now he's literally in consideration for being the greatest point guard of all. I mean, being in consideration for the second greatest point guard of all time. Um, You you take a look at Clay Thompson. You you pair a future Hall of Famer with a, another potential future Hall of Famer in, in Clay Thompson. I'm pretty sure he's going to come back from injury. Then you have the guy that's the heart and soul of the team that's going to do everything on both ends on the court. I mean, we saw the type of we saw what Draymond means to that team, whether he scores 25 points or no points, just his presence on the court for Golden State means a lot. And when I take a look at how the way they was able to build a powerhouse, I'm starting to see that here in Houston, because if Kevin Porter Jr. continues to develop the way Steven Silas, the Rockets and all of us are expecting him to, especially the way he closed out the season, I think he could be something special in this league. And not only that, you also take on the rise of Christian Wood. He was just a guy that just needed an opportunity and just needed an organization who believed in him. And then you have a guy who I literally believe is going to be Draymond Green 2.0 and Jay Sean Tay. So, you know, taking a look at those guys, of course, other guys like Amani Brooks, Kyrie Thomas, um, you know, these young guys, the, the, the list Martin. goes on and on. Yeah, Martin is another one. I'm very I thought for sure that Kevin that that Kenya Martin Jr. was going to be nothing but a dunker. And then the man ended up closing out the last games of the season, averaging like 23 points, shooting 40 percent from behind the arc. Like the Rockets have a really solid young foundation. I love it. And that's why I would give him a B. The only reason why I'm not giving him an A is because it's still too early to judge Raphael Stone on whether or not the Rockets lost the James Harden trade. And I know you mentioned the Russell Westbrook trade. I do believe that that is another trade that is a little bit too early to gray stone on because of course we got James, we, of course we got John Wall in a first round draft pick back. But with that being said, I think depending on if we're able to flip John Wall for something else, then I would say bump that up to A minus. What what would you do if you were Rockets GM with the three first round picks? Would you, assuming they got a top four pick, what would you do with the other two picks, the 23rd and 24th pick? Would you keep them or use them in a deal to get a, uh, as you put it, disgruntled veteran impact player? It depends, one, who that disgruntled veteran player is, and two, What's the goal for the Houston Rockets in 2022? Because if the next disgruntled player is Damian Littert, then I would say, even though I love Dame Dollar, I would love to see him in the city of Houston. I don't, I, I, I don't think he'd be willing to come to Houston, and then it'd possibly be one of those one-year rental type of deals. But if it's someone like 
someone young enough like a car anthony towns let's say if he wanted out of minnesota this summer then i would say okay let's flip those three draft picks for car anthony towns and pair him in the front court alongside christian wood and of course you still have guys like kevin porter jr and the Jay Sean Tate, you know, as long as you could keep that core together, then I would say flip it. And Chris, I'm pretty sure that that is harder than me. Part of the question. Um, that's, that's the reason why I had asked Raphael Stone doing the, um, Rockets exit interview. I wanted to try to pick his brain and go behind the scene of what it would take for him to flip those draft pieces for someone. And of course, as I expected, he didn't give me much of an answer, but, um, you know, it, it it all depends on what is the goal for the Houston Rockets in 2022. If the goal is to show everybody when healthy, this is a really good team that can possibly make the playoffs, then I would say flip it. But if the goal is to continue laying the foundations of a Houston Rockets rebuild and try to get competitive in the next two to three years, then I would say keep those picks go after a Kay Cunningham or an Evan Mobley or whoever the case might be, because I'm pretty sure they're going to be in a position to keep their top four picks. So it all depends. Well, what do you, what do you think that the, their goal should be? Should they rebuild and just lay the foundation for the next two years or so, or try to, if we're healthy, you know, this year was number of injuries and injuries were the reason why we had a awful record and just try to tweak things and say, okay, if we're healthy next year, we'll be right on that play-in playoff consideration. What do you what What's your opinion that they should? What path do they follow? Continue to rebuild because even if they go out and get like, for example, Car Anthony's town, that's not going to be enough to dethrone the Lakers. That's not going to be enough to um, beat the Denver Nuggets. I don't think that's going to be a championship team, other than trying to rush back into. The- playoff team other than trying to rush into being a premier team like you was during the James Harden years the Yao and T-Mac years of course as you as you know more than I do the Hakeem Olajuwon years actually taking the time to get young pieces getting those guys that can actually help you contend to be in the be in contention for a championship in the next four to five years if you continue developing your players if those players continue to develop those chemistry not saying not go out there and compete of course you always want to compete especially with Steven Silas as your coach that is a guy who deserves a year with a healthy team who's going to be out there willing to compete but I I don't want to see the Rockets rush their rebuild and then you end up stuck in no man's land where you're not bad enough to be to 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 get a top 10 top five pick but you're also not good enough to win a championship make a conference finals and you get bounced out in the first round every single year so if I was the general manager I would say let's stick to the plan to continue building a team so hopefully in the next three to four years we could be back to that powerhouse team we we was during the James Harden years even if that means missing the playoffs again next year? Of course. Well, once again, like I, like I said, it all, like, even though I want them to continue to, even though I want them to stick to their plan of a rebuild, that doesn't mean you can't compete for a playoffs because with this playing tournament and Chris, you can let me know if you disagree or not, but I do believe if, 
this team was healthy, they would have been in the midst of a play playing tournament. That, that's agree. how I feel. And yeah. and I and a lot of people were, how can you say that? Blah blah blah. And I say, go back and take a look at those eight. Uh, what was it like? Twelve games that that twelve game stretch right after they traded James Harden and everyone was healthy. They had a record of what eight and four. They ended up, I believe, during that stretch, they were towards the top on offense. I believe they were the best defensive team at the time. And you saw that this team had talent. And it's just unfortunate that injuries derailed this team, probably more so than anyone else in NBA history. But just because you're sticking to a plan to rebuild does not mean this team isn't talented enough to compete. Because I do believe a healthy Christian Wood, a healthy Kevin Porter Jr., of course, Jay Shantae and all the rest of these guys is enough to at least get into the playing tournament, which means you're going to be looking at a competitive team, a team, by the way, that's not going to be, let's just lose 72 games and hope that we get the first round draft pick and hope that this guy they are saying is going to be the next LeBron James workout in our favor. No, 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 no. Compete, but at the same time, trying to build a championship team for the future. And like I mentioned, Christian Wood, Jay Shantae, and Kevin Porter Jr., I'm not trying to put no expectation on those guys, but I do believe if those three guys continue to develop, continue to build chemistry with one another, I think the Rockets are trending in that direction. I mean, some folks forget before C. Wood got hurt, the Rockets were mm-hmm. 11 and 10. Exactly. So, Remember, they also had, what was it, six, seven-game winning streak as well. Right. And playing in tournaments, especially this season, the Rockets could have bumped the Spurs. Exactly. You know, the Spurs were under 500, and you, you look at how they, they looked in the playoffs. The Rockets could have done that if they were healthy. You know, so exactly. And then, you know, and and that's why I tell people all the time, like I know. And that's why I kind of understood where Tillman Fatita was coming from when he released that article about he never thought he could only he could be this optimistic, be this happy about winning only 16, 17 games. And of course, a lot of people, especially people outside of Houston, you know, dogged him for saying that statement. But once again, I'm taking people like you really don't know the talent that this team has i mean how many nights did steven silas have to tell us we got we're going to play with a six-man rotation but we got to activate two injured guys just to have enough like that's how bad the injury bug was for the rockets this past season and that took a toll on this team it took a toll on the media (laughs) let's be real man. yeah it took a toll on us too (laughs) because it was hard to and i i commend you Fagan, the the media who write daily stories, Kelly Eco and, and those members of the media who, who write daily stories about this year's team, because I couldn't do it effectively. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm more, you know, game stories and post-game things like that. But even I stopped doing that this year because I was doing more U of H fellas. But still, ca- trying to come up with stories daily to describe this year's team the injuries, the different lineups, the losses. Hearing Steven Silas say, we're, we're going to have eight. We're going to play six and a half. We fought hard. I'm proud of these guys, what they did, what they gave me, but it's still a loss. You know, after a while, there's only so many, so many ways you can write that <laughs> and put it out there for the public to, con- to consume. So kudos to y'all. How can folks find you on the internet, Twitter, 
social media. Tell folks, tell folks about Cody Davis. <laughs> well, you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Why the number 24? Because I do believe Kobe Bryant. Matter of fact, I know in my heart that Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. That's why number 24. Um, and you could just follow my work on SB Nation. I cover the Rockets for the Dream Shake. And I also cover the Houston Texans as well for USA Today Texans Wire, ESPN Houston, and um, host a, co-host a daily podcast, Locked on Texans as well. So you can always follow me. If you're a Houston Rockets fan, if you're a Houston Texans fan, or you just love Houston sports in general, give me a follow because nine times out of ten, I'm doing something covering that team. What what are your what's your good instinct on what happens how how the Deshaun Watson situation is is resolved? Oh man, resolved as in by a trade or resolved you, as you in tell by me. his legal issues. Let's let's uh, deal with the football side of it. Is he done as a Texan? Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. He he is done as a Texan. And you know, uh I, I say this a lot on Locked On Texans, and I believe I probably refer back to this on Believe in the Rockets as well. You know, it, it, it's sad because, you know, this is a city, Chris, as you know, over the last, what, 12 to 16 months, it seems like this team has lost nearly every single Hall of Fame person, rather that be someone like Daryl Morey or rather that's someone like J.J. Watt. It seemed like we have lost everyone in the last in the span of 12 to 16 months um from the Texans Rockets and Houston Astros side of side of things however what I will say at least guys like JJ and 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 James Harden and Daryl Morey Mike D'Antoni even Bill O'Brien to the people who really don't like them at least they gave this city years and years and years of going out there competing trying to find a way to win a championship but the only thing about Deshaun Watson is he was only here for four years but you might as well say three because he got hurt during his rookie season it's a little bit so so that makes it a little a little bit sad um he's done as a Houston Texan you know and then with with his legal troubles going on i don't want to get too much into that because there's still a lot of facts that needs to be released and everything that we are being told about the situation is still kind of one-sided rather you hear the rather you read the si article or you just um listen to the press conferences from tony busby who is the plaintiff who is who is representing the 22 um licensed massage therapist women who say you know Something happened between them and Deshaun Watson. Uh, We're still basically hearing just one side of the story. But just sticking straight to football, it's going to be kind of sad, really disappointing to see Deshaun Watson lead this organization. However, in my opinion, I think best case scenario for the Texans is to hold on to him for a year let him sit out, which I'm pretty sure nine times out of 10, he's going to be suspended by the NFL. Let's be real. Um, he's going to be suspended for the entire year. And if they can hold on to him for a year, hopefully that give him enough time to put this issue behind him, give him time to build up his image, give him time to build up his trade value back up and possibly, just possibly, they can finally get the trade package that they would have gotten for Deshaun Watson prior to all these sexual allegations that have came out. And Chris, going back to the very first question you asked me about, about the James Harden situation, 
I just wish the Texans would have traded this man as soon as he made the trade request because they would have gotten a haul for Deshaun Watson. I mean, you're talking about easily a top five quarterback in some people's eyes like me, a top two quarterback with the things that this man can do on the field. I, I They would have gotten a haul. I think they're still going to get a haul when they do decide to trade him whether that be next month or they hold on to him for a year but I just don't think that Hall is going to be as big if they would have traded him prior to all these allegations coming out let's go back to the NBA real quickly who you got in the Western Conference come out of the playoffs (laughs) uh to be honest with you I honestly don't know if I had to pick a team Never bet your money against LeBron James. I think the Lakers are going to come out. The Clippers, they are a joke. I mean, a big joke. And th- there is nobody, when healthy, I think, can actually beat the Lakers. Maybe Denver, but I do believe the loss of Jamal Murray is really going to affect that team the further they get in the playoffs. The Joker is having a phenomenal year. He's having a phenomenal series. Um, but I don't think no team has enough to dethrone not just the Lakers, but LeBron James. Okay. In the East, who you got? The East is up in the air. And I'm gonna go on, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go on, go off a limb. I'm gonna say the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the pairing of Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton is enough to give Brooklyn's big three will run for their money in a seven game series. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get that series <laughs> in the next round. I, I I think it's enough to give them a run for their money. I, I The only reason why I don't think Brooklyn is going to come out of the East. I think once the playoffs get really challenging for them, whether it be Milwaukee or whether it be Philadelphia, I think that is when the chemistry issues is really going to start being a concern for Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and, and James Harden. I mean, yes, it looks good right now. If you saw last night's game, which was game two, that team looked unstoppable. But, I mean, they are playing against a derailed Brooklyn, um, a, a derailed Boston Celtics team. I think if they go up against – and and I'm going to give Philly a chance, but I think if, if there is a year for Giannis and Milwaukee to come out the East and possibly win a championship, I think this has to be the year. Okay, fair enough. I got Lakers and Sixers, but I'm good with Lakers and Bucks. So, hmm. uh, all right, man, thank you very much for your time. Once again, remind people how they can find you on the web, social media, et cetera. Um, you can follow me on you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Davis underscore twenty four. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore twenty four. And you can find all of my work covering the Rockets and the Texans on both of those platforms. Cody Davis, man, thank you very much for your time. What you, what do you and uh, Sports Guy have coming up for your next Locked On Texans podcast? Um. Possibly continuously breaking down the Texans rookies. Um, as of today, the Texans just signed possibly their new franchise quarterback and Davis Mills to a four-year contract. So we'll probably talk about him um, continuously talking about guys that we want to see. And if you are a Texan fan and you want to break from the Sean Watson trade talks, the Sean Watson allegation talks, 
Check us out on Locked On Texans because we just touch on it a little bit, but we continuously talk about what most football and Texans fan wants to hear, and that's, of course, football. And with OTAs, rookie mini camp, rookie training camp in full effect, we're getting a lot of we, – we, we got a lot of coverage on that. So you guys make sure you come check it out. And then how about the next Believe in Rockets podcast with you and uh, Joaquin? <laughs> Oh, me, me and Hawk, that's my guy. Oh, he be telling me a lot of crazy stories about, you know, stuff that went on in the locker room during the time when he was with the Houston Rockets. But, um, as of right now, we just continuously doing season breakdowns, talking about players. Um, in our last installment of Believe in the Rockets, we actually talked about, um, John Wall and his fit with his organization moving forward. And I don't think he is a good fit for this team that, and I'm not saying I don't want him in Houston. And by the way, Speaking of John Wall, I do want to say that I appreciate everything he did for this organization and what was a terrible season, especially for Steven Salas. Um, this, this man gave it his all. You know, it's just unfortunate that it came with a lot of losses. Uh, I'm actually hoping that Raphael Stone can actually flip John Wall for a couple younger pieces. It's, it's kind of, it's going to be hard because this is a man who is old, what, $92 million over the next two years. But, um, you know, we, we talked about his fit and we also had a little fun debate about whether or not Robert Ori belongs in the Hall of Fame. Okay. You can find that in the podcast, Believe in the Rockets podcast. And it's also on my uh, radio channel, Houston Roundball Review at roundballreview.airtime.pro. I play uh, his podcast daily in the morning, so you can tune in and check it out on my station as well as podcast platforms also. Cody Davis, man, as always, thank you for your time. We'll do this again, and hopefully come the fall season, basketball games, we'll see each other again in person, and we can chop it up like that too. Thank you, man. Take care. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me.